are listening to another episode of the Coach's Circle Podcast, brought to you by LifeCoachPath.com. Our goal is to explore all the different ways you can craft your own career in the fields of coaching, wellness, and mental health. Each episode features guests who offer an authentic perspective on their own unique career path and explores ways you might begin to craft your own. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit www.lifecoachpath.com. And now, here's your host, Brandon Baker. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Coaches Circle podcast. Today's special guest is Mark Herwick. He is a transformational coach and the founder of Concentrated Coaching based in Evanston, Illinois. Hey, Mark. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Brandon. It's uh, an honor to be here. Absolutely. Uh, This is a bit of a change of pace for the show. We've been mostly speaking with, um, you know, therapists who incorporate coaching into their practice. And, um, you know, some of the issues we've been discussing on the show are uh, things related to, you know, um, relationship uh, counseling, you know, trauma, and, you know, a lot of the kind of uh, issues that a lot of clients face from their earlier childhood and things of that nature. Uh, But Mark uh, is a transformational coach for creative types. And um, yeah, I wanted to just start off with having you explain to us exactly what it is you do and and the kinds of challenges that your clients are facing on a day-to-day basis. Okay, cool. Um, So I serve creatives. All my clients are people that have something really, really important to do. And it's usually the first time they're doing it, maybe the first time it's ever been done. Uh, They could be entrepreneurs. Uh, I work with a lot of writers. Um, And um, the thing that they have in terms of a challenge is that there's some way in which they're stuck. And when I say stuck, what I mean is that they have the skills to do this thing, um, but they can't bring themselves to do it, or they really, really struggle to do it. Um, So essentially, my coaching is very short-term oriented. That's why I call it concentrated coaching. And my objective is to help my clients get unstuck. Right. Okay. You're going to want to know how I do that. Right? <laughs> oh, you guessed it. Uh, yeah, that's okay. that's exactly what I like to dive into. Um, so okay. let's just start off with maybe some of the most common examples of how your clients get stuck. So do we have an idea? Yeah. Of the, yeah. So um, it, it stuckness shows up in different ways with, with writers. It's writer's block with entrepreneurs is something I call entrepreneur's block where, you know, they're wanting to, to add something to their business or start a new business, but, you know, kind of like a writer with writer's block, they can't get off the ground. Um, a really kind of quirky example of people I work with is that people that have developed freeway phobia, so they can't drive on the highway anymore. Um, oh, wow. I help those people erase those phobias. Um, a common example is people that are going through some kind of career change. So not, you know, um, I got fired from my job. I've been working for 30 years. I don't know how to write a resume or use, you know, what's LinkedIn. If somebody that needs skills and information, I would refer to a more traditional career coach. But if somebody says, you know, Mark, I kind of know what I need to do, but I just can't bring myself to do it. And every time I interview with somebody, I'm thinking about, you know, this traumatic experience I had in my job, and I just can't let go of that. This baggage is um, carrying it around with me. Um, those are those are kind of different forms of stuck. Um, mm. And um, yeah, let me add a little bit to that. So, so I find when people are stuck, there's three things going on. 
Um, one is that uh, they're focused on the problem they're having. So they know they're stuck. There's usually a lot of shame that's built up around it. And they know what they don't want to keep doing. But um, they haven't spent a lot of time thinking about what it is they do want. Like if they were in this new job or they'd written this book or they'd started this business, you know, what would the world look like? So the first thing I have my clients do, and I'm sure this is true in a lot of the other coaches that you've interviewed, is that um, I have them create intentions. I have a very specific format for doing that. So they create like, uh, you know, a half a dozen to a dozen intention statements. And I do have them create one pain statement that describes what stuckness looks like for them. But it's really important that there be a lot more energy on where they want to go than where they've been. And before I add on to that, let me just pause and see if you got any questions. Yeah, well, it seems to me that the core of what you do isn't so much the um, the practical side of like, okay, this is how you, like you just said, the, the LinkedIn right. and the resume and all that. It's more about reigniting that spark, right, in your client. That's exactly right. Yeah, and, yeah. and as a matter of fact, um, so the second piece of it is that um, I believe that we're all here for a purpose. Um, so I guess another thing I'd say about my clients is that they they probably wouldn't describe themselves as religious. Some might, but they're all spiritual in some way. You know, they think we're, we're here to do something. Um, but they've lost the connection to that purpose. So, um, you know, coaches have to create jargon to get attention. So I, I call my purpose work core, in, core intention. Um, and uh, it is a little bit different from a lot of other purpose work in that it's a two-hour process that helps people get viscerally connected to, to, their, to a sense of being on the planet for a purpose. And it's, you know, they may or may not be able to write a 25 personal, uh, 25 word personal mission statement, but they'll have a sense as to, you know, what their gifts are and how they play in that purpose and what things are going to look like. And they get really energized. And that's very important because, you know, when my clients are struggling to do something or as a coach, you know, I'm struggling to do something, it's a lot harder than when, you know, your clients plugged into something greater and they, they have a really close connection with it because all that energy then comes in and that actually creates a lot of the transformation. Mm. Um, so let me stop again on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it's fascinating what you're doing. And just right off the bat, um, you know, anybody listening who is looking to find the niche that they're passionate about, I mean, you've clearly chosen a, it's not a common niche. We were kind of joking around before we went on the air that it's right. a bit of a challenge to, you know, reduce the work that you do into a simple two-word phrase. Um, and I think a lot of beginning coaches might feel some apprehension in pursuing any uh, avenue that that is that unique, right? I think most, I think, I think a lot of coaches feel that they need to go down a beaten path. And okay, I'm a, I'm an right. X, I'm a Y. But you clearly have built, you know, a thriving practice doing something that was very, very finely tuned to what you found interesting about human psychology. And you built your whole practice around that. So, again, don't be afraid. I keep on hammering this message home, but your case is a good example. Don't be afraid to let your... Um, you know, your own motivation, your own passion, your own kind of like quirk about what you find interesting about people, let that dictate mm -hmm. your niche. Right. Um, and you've done that. Absolutely. Obviously. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And by the way, one of the reasons I did it is because uh, before I was doing coaching, I was doing more traditional management consulting and in the area of strategy with large companies and senior executives. And, um, you know, the essence of strategy is doing something different from everybody else. It's about saying no. And it's about being different enough that people will look at what you do. And some people will say, I don't want that. Because you need people to be able to say, I don't want that to have a handful of people that you're really delight in working with who say, Oh, I do want that. Um, so by the way, I don't, I don't work with people that I'm not excited about what they're doing. So about half the calls I get, I refer to other coaches either because mostly because I'm not the best resource for the person that I'm speaking with, but, but, you know, sometimes it's like, ah, eh, there's not really a chemistry fit. So, mm-hmm. um, and, um, because the way that I work is so unusual, um, I decided that part of how I was going to charge was to not charge people um, unless the first half day that we spend together is moves them to a place where they can feel like something has already shifted. And if that doesn't happen, then I don't get paid. Um, that doesn't happen very often, by the way, because you know I'm I'm pretty good at finding people that I can support and you know get at what what I do. But that's another aspect of designing my business in a way that, you know, very few people could do what I do and making it really different. Yeah. So I find that interesting because is that something that came about because you had a couple clients where they didn't have that transformation and you felt maybe some kind of uh, you, you, you didn't want to charge that client because you felt that they didn't get what they paid for? Or is that something you set out to do from day one? You, you were very intentional on that. Yeah, it was um, my intention on day one was to come up with a way to make my work available to people, regardless of um, the level of income that they had. Mm. And, um, and I didn't want to bill by the hour, which is what I'd done as a consultant. And so I was trying to figure out a way to do that. And um, initially, I would just, you know, I would work with somebody and at the, you know, and I'd work with them until they got the result they wanted. And a handful of people wouldn't get that result and we'd be working and working and working. And finally I'd kind of have to say, Hey, this isn't going any place, you know, let's stop. It's no fun getting fired by your coach or your therapist. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out a way to accomplish essentially the same thing, but have the client make the choice. So I figured, well, you know, not every time, but almost all the time I know at the end of the half day, whether this is going to be successful or not. So let me have the client make a decision about whether they want to go forward. Right. Yeah, I think that's smart. I think that's also touching on a lot of the ethics conversations we've had um, over these episodes where it's not, you know, there's kind of this, this you know, uh, decision that a coach has to make very early on um, mm-hmm. as to what kind of coach they want to be. And I think from every conversation I've heard from every um, coach I've spoken to, I think long term, it's definitely better to make sure that that fit is right from day one because nobody, you just mentioned, the client isn't going to feel good if the fit isn't right. But also I think as a coach, if you're truly in this for the right yeah. reason, it's not going to feel good collecting payment when you feel that the client is in the same exact spot they were when they first found you. Right. Um, yeah. And so I, I think I think that's just something to keep in mind from day one so that when that situation does come up, you're prepared for that kind of conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, and and, and while we're on the subject of um, kind of non-traditional fee structures, 
Um, I actually charge based on my client's income. So I figure I can work with about 75 people a year. Each person represents 175th of my income. If you're good at math, that's a percent and a half. Um, so I charge a percent and a half of their income. And obviously, uh, you know, there is a, a level below which I don't want to work with somebody and a level I figure I have a floor, I should have a ceiling. So yeah, um, that's, that's, that's a kind of an unusual aspect of how I work as well. Yeah, I think unusual is putting it lightly. Um, I, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think there's anybody. I mean, I, I haven't met anybody that does anything even close to that. And so, again, I love it. I love yeah, I yeah. love that you're putting these ideas out there because that's kind of my overarching goal with this whole thing. I mean the the kind of, you know, ostensibly the the podcast is about learning about coaching and about therapy and the differences between them, but really I guess my my secret mission here <laughs> is to show that one size does not fit all. There is an infinite number of ways you can run your practice. And this yeah. is clearly one of the most unique setups. So I wanted to I wanted to actually spend um, some more time exploring how it is that you structure those sessions. So I know you have an exploratory session. That's like yep. a lot of coaches kind of have a similar thing where it's like an intake sort mm -hmm. of session where you're trying to decide if it is a good fit. Where things get a little bit different is that you recommend like a 15 minute a day preparation before your session. Yeah, not not exactly. So what I, what I do is we'll have an exploratory session and if there is a fit, then I'll give my clients the, the homework of creating some intention statements. And um, so I'll send them a, you know, a couple of page outline that describes what's an intention statement look like. And here's examples of good ones. And um, I'll suggest that they send me a couple as they're working on them. So we're on the same page so that when I get to the next step, which is a half day session, um, they come into it with a statement of the pain they're experiencing um, so I'm, I'm stuck in a job that I hate and I'm afraid I'm never going to leave it. And I, I feel a lot of shame. That's the pain statement. And I call it a pain statement. I used to call it a challenge statement, but no, it really needs to link to some visceral pain that someone's experiencing. So that's, uh, that's, you know, that piece of it. And then, okay, well, if I didn't have this, what would I do? I'd be working in a job where I love the people, um, I'd be develop. I'd be. I'd have an income that supports me and my family. Um, I'd be challenged uh, and supported. You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Okay. So that's that's the homework they do, and you know, hopefully it's not like fifteen minutes a day. Um, although it might be, you know, fifteen minutes some days, and other days it's nothing. But I kind of invite people to carry a piece of paper around with them and imagine that they're talking to their fairy godmother. And this is kind of a wish list. Like if I weren't in this awful situation I'm in now, what would I rather have? That's what it's answering. Right, right. It's almost like stretching that muscle of that they will need when they actually get to the concentrated session. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think- yeah, So in terms of what, yeah. It, yeah, sorry. So in terms of what it looks like to work with me, so exploratory session, they get some homework to do. And then, then we have our, our half day. And I, I can talk about what that looks like if you like as well. Absolutely. Please do. Because uh, all the coaches we've had on the show have very standard, you know, uh, we've, we've seen, you know, 45, 90, an hour long session, 90 minute sessions. And it's just kind of to infinity, basically, until the relationship is over. Um, but right. your structure is a very intentional, just one half day session and then some follow ups. So, I, yeah, right. So if you can just go ahead so, and explain that. Yeah. So what I found is that um, 
So let's see, we talked about the mechanism of people getting stuck. So they're focused on the problem. They're not connected to their core intention. A third thing is that um, they've got an internal civil war going on. So I can guarantee you for somebody who thinks they should be looking for a job, there's a part of them that's like pounding the table, like, how come you're not doing this? And there is another part or maybe parts that are just scared to death of what's going to happen. And they may not be very visible, but they're the ones that kind of, you know, drag the heels and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm going to work on all three of those things that half day. So I would start by reviewing the intention statements and polishing them a little bit, maybe, and also um, uh, calibrating them. So, you know, if, if, um, a hundred percent would be, this is fully present. Like, um, this thing that I hate, I think about it all the time. I can't not think of it. Zero would be, um, oh, I never think about it. Do I used to have that problem? So they'll, they'll calibrate their, mm. their pain statement. They'll calibrate their intention statements. And we use that throughout the work that we do. Cause it's a nice metric of what's happening. Um, that's maybe the first half hour, the next two hours or so is the, is a core intention process, which I teach people to do by the way, as well. And, um, how I help people connect to their core intention is by having them talk about the things I love to do. And then we'll move from that conversation to the gifts they have. So a gift is a talent that's in service of someone or something. Um, then I'll invite them to give me some stories about those gifts in action then I'll invite them to close their eyes and do a little light trance work where I'm reconnecting them to some of those experiences. And once I sense that they're really connected to these times in their life where they really were connected to and expressing the larger purpose, then I'll say, well, okay, I'm on the planet in order to, and they'll respond in some way. Um, that's important because a special way I do that is a thing I'm meant to learn from that is. And so basically they're, defining their raison d'etre, their, their why of being on the planet. Um, that's usually pretty cool. I'll do a couple other things. I won't go into detail now. Um, we'll do a, um, a time machine improv. So I'll invite them to enter a time machine that I have, and they'll, they'll uh, teleport to a year in the future that's in a universe in which all the intentions that they wanted to have are present. And so I'll interview the person and talk to them about what it's like to be in this great job. And now that mm. you've got all this money, it's you know, how has your lifestyle changed? Yeah. Yep, yeah. exactly. And so they're, they're really in it. And we do that for maybe half an hour. Um, and then at the end of the half hour, I'll invite them to create an anchor. So an anchor is an NLP term that means um, a gesture or a phrase, I use both, that will connect them to how they're feeling. Because you can imagine, you know, at this, this point in time, they're feeling pretty euphoric, but how many euphoric experiences have we had? And then like two weeks later, all you remember <laughs> is that you had a great experience, but right, you don't, right. you're not connected to it. So the nice thing about the anchor is that when they form this gesture and say the phrase that they pick, they get reconnected to the energy they had in the time machine. Mm, interesting. Okay? Um, What's an example, they, if you use, don't mind me asking, like an example of that anchor phrase? Uh, it could be, um, I don't know, maybe... Uh, so, so, so Brandon, maybe you haven't told me this, but maybe there's something about your business that you're really antsy about. And in our conversation, you realize that it's really important for you to trust. And there's something about the word trust that is really key. And when you say the word trust, I notice that you kind of 
you know, put your hands together. So I would say, okay, you know, how about anchor and uh, the word trust and putting your hands together as an anchor. And so we'd establish that. And then I would go back through the conversation that we had over the last half hour and associate the highlights of it. So I would say, you know, Brandon, remember you were talking about how the business is exciting and there's all these people that, you know, um, are really excited about being coaches. And, you know, there was actually some people decided because of working with you not to be coaches and it was a right decision for them. And mm-hmm. you're excited about that too. And, you know, you can remember them, them calling you and just, you know, connect to the, the words that they said, the tone of voice. And so when I've got you associated that, I said, okay, go ahead and form your anchor. So you're going to, you know, connect that um, experience I'm recalling for you in a light trance state to that gesture. So I'll do that about seven or eight or nine times. And so what happens is that, you know, um, if a half hour after we did all this, I said, hey, Brandon, go ahead and form your anchor. You'd probably be experiencing a, something very similar to what was happening in the time right. Because you've made That's that association. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yep, that's uh, very it. cool. And I see there's an element there of kind of a, I'm, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like there, there's an element of hypnotherapy as well. Where yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Am yeah. I picking so that up I'm, a little bit? <laughs> I, I'm kind of, I'm probably the opposite of a lot of people that you serve, and that um, I uh, started in engineering and business, but I've got like 1,400 hours of clinical training, so I'm certified in internal family systems and hypnotherapy and NLP and. So I use all of those things, right? Yeah, I, um, I can hear. You know, it. as well as the as well as the structure from the business side of things. So yeah, mm-hmm. okay, um, yeah, okay. So now we're maybe three hours into the half day session, and the last little bit is that well, the bathroom break in there. The last <laughs> little bit is that um, I mentioned when people are stuck, they've usually got an internal civil war going on. So there's a model um, called internal family systems I alluded to. Mm-hmm. It's a therapeutic model. And um, it, it holds that we're not monoliths. We have parts within us. And a lot of times when we do things that don't make sense, it's because in some way these parts are taken over and they've taken over because there's something in the current environment that's reminiscent of a past challenge and they don't want that to happen again. So... Um, the thing I like about this model, it's very efficient. So I'll just say, well, okay, go ahead, close your eyes. Notice what you're feeling in your body. And you may say, okay, my heart feels a little heavy. You know, what's going on there? You might identify a couple other sensations. And then we'll start talking to those sensations as if they were subpersonalities. And, um, you know, that's where the magic happens because, you know, eventually we identify the parts that have reservations about this direction that you're moving into. And, um, and we can find out what it is about that that was painful, and we can actually, um, you know, bring balance and, um, and, and healing to it. Probably shouldn't use the word healing. Um, we, can, we can take some of the pain out of it. And right. so, so that's, that's kind of the third piece where people have this internal civil war. You know, now we can, you know, we can address that and settle it. And it helps, by the way, that we've just done this core intention thing because, People have, it's not like therapy where you walk into a therapist's office and you just feel miserable and you're disgusted with yourself. And now you're going to work on all the miserable, disgusting things that you experience, right? right. So, I mean, that, that works. It's kind of a miracle that it works. Um, it's so much easier when people have just been spending time um, 
at the peak of where they want their business to be. And they're, they're, that energy is around them because it's not just, oh, it's not just this slog. It's like, I see what this is in service of. So it makes that work a lot faster. Right, right. Okay. So so you finish the the concentrated session, right? Yep. And, you know, from the sound of it, obviously a lot of clients are going to be, you know, reinvigorated and they're more in touch with some of the, you know, initial, um, you know, spark that led them to reach the point that they're at in their career, um, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, entrepreneur or what have you. So I'm guessing that's the majority of your clients, but I'm I'm sure that there's also a subset of clients that might feel that, that, you know, amazing feeling during the session, they might start to feel rekindled with that feeling. But then, you know, obviously, they get back into their routine, all the old stuff comes back. Um, what are some of the most, I guess, common ways that things can maybe derail after the concentrated session? Yeah, so um, I do one more thing, which is, I, you know, the client and I design some kind of a, a simple, easy practice to keep them to keep them um, reminded that they're now in a new place. Cause you think about transformation, you know, it's a little bit like you're on one path and now you're going to go to a different path. And over time, that different path gets you to a much different location and way of being. But at the point you've made that shift, the distance between the two is very small. So you kind of need a compass, right? Cause you can't, you can't tell by just, Oh, I'm only a, a millimeter from where it used to be right now, but mm-hmm. you're facing a different direction. So we'll identify some sort of a practice. It might be, you know, in the conversation, they remembered something about being a kid that was really inspiring. And, oh, my father gave me this pocket knife. And so I'm going to carry this pocket knife around, or um, I'm going to connect with one of the parts that I identified and, you know, make sure that she knows that I'm really okay. Um, so whatever it is, we kind of, that's an assignment. Um, and the other thing I'll do is I have my clients track their progress on the intention statements that they've established. And um, because there's usually more than one layer to this onion. Occasionally, by the way, people in a half-day session, that's all that they need. That's maybe, I don't know, one out of 20 clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's all they need, that's all that we do. But typically, I find that, that um, of the people that something shifted... Um, then, okay, let's, let's allow another two to three weeks to elapse and see if something else comes up where you're starting to feel stuck. And once you start to feel stuck again, like, I don't care if we put a date on the calendar, I want you to give me a call and let's schedule a session as soon as we can from the point that you've experienced that, because now we've got something else to work with. And I don't want people to be in that, you know, stuck. It's hard for me to find resources state any longer than they have to be. Right, right. Okay. So after after the well, I guess I had two follow ups on that. So just to kind of finish the discussion we had on your fee structure, um, mm-hmm. because you don't charge hourly, you mentioned that some clients don't need any follow up sessions, and even the clients that do might need a different number of follow up sessions. So how do you right. how do you figure that out with regards to the fee? yeah? So um, you know the the majority of people, it's a total of between eight and twelve hours of work. So that's why I say I charge by I charge per engagement. Um, so if somebody uses a lot less than eight hours, I prorate it down. If they if, if we're accomplishing something useful, but they they want to do a couple more sessions, you know, I just prorate it up 
Um, so we go to an hourly basis, uh, you know, afterwards, but most of my clients, it's a, it's a flat fee and we get the work done that we need to in that initial half day session. Plus let's say, you know, three to five follow-ups. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, and my other question was for clients that do see that change that, you know, they're happy with the results of the coaching relationship and they're well on their way. Um, do you often find that they kind of get restuck at some point in the future or are they able to use the work that they did with you to help them get past that whenever that comes, let's say a year or two down the line? Yeah, I'm actually delighted that I hardly ever have clients return because my intention is, uh, that I teach them skills the tools, that, yeah. you know, yeah. And, and the, most of the time that seems to work. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there's all different kinds of coaches. I've got a friend that, that um, races cars and he, right, he works with a racing coach and he's been working with the same coach for like three years. And, you know, they're constantly making incremental improvements. I'm kind of more like the guy that if you move to Chicago where I live now and you never lived in a climate with snow and you got stuck in your driveway and you didn't know how to get out, um, I would teach you how to get out of your driveway. And, you know, once you're on the street, you really don't need me to push you to your destination. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So exactly. I kind of like a model where I work with people in a very intense way for a very short period of time. And um, I'm not creating any dependencies at all. Right. Yeah. It's kind of funny. There are some careers that you definitely, uh, in an ideal world, you do not want repeat clients. Uh, I was, I was in one of those careers, very different. I, in a past life, I, um, I owned a wedding cake shop and uh. <laughs> not too many, re <laughs> not too many repeat customers. That's right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. 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 But, uh, all right, yeah. great. So I think, yeah, I think that was a really, um, I think that was really unique. Like I, like I said, I haven't spoken to anybody that structures, not only the, the structure of the work you do, but just the focus of what you do is unique. Um, both of those are, are quite unique. So I wanted to, um, I wanted to ask you something that I ask most of the guests on the show. Um, I'm intrigued to know your answer on this. What would you say has been, the most challenging or maybe the most unexpectedly difficult aspect of the work you've done that you've been working to, to overcome, or maybe you're still working on it now. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe advice for somebody that's coming into the field on how they can tackle that particular challenge, maybe a bit better than you did. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one. I know, but it's, uh, I think a lot of interesting things come out of that. So, so um, I, I guess I've had different challenges at different points. Um, so, you know, when I was first starting this, I mean, obviously it's a very different um, work structure and fee structure and engagement structure and, you know, coming up with what worked and being comfortable that it worked, you know, took a while. I, I don't know that, you know, I don't know if that was a, challenge like oh my god i'm not sure i'm going to get past this kind of challenge as opposed to uh, that's just the nature of, of of work sometimes like you need you need to do it and iterate and pivot and and so i did all that um I, i'd say the biggest challenge i have is when i when i have a client that you know based on all the signs this ought to work and it doesn't you know, so we do the half day session and we get to the end of it and, you know, you can, you can tell at least it feels to me like this could be projection that 
they were hoping that something would shift and they want to believe that something shifted, but it didn't really. And, um, you know, that's hard to, to say to somebody that, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I appreciate that you made this investment of time. Um, you know, some, sometimes coaches say, well, wait, you, you're not going to charge for a half day of your time. Like, that's crazy. What's their investment? And I'd say anybody that would ask that question doesn't understand what it's like to be a client yeah. when you're doing deep coaching because, you know, it's a very, very vulnerable place to be. And um, so when someone's gone to that place of vulnerability and they've done their best and I've done my best and yet, you know, we haven't been able to achieve what we want to. And um, and I, I can't attribute it to anything that we could fix. Um that's that's difficult, and so um, I don't uh, I don't I don't relish those conversations. Um, and I guess you know my consolation is that I, I feel like given the circumstances, I've, I've worked out as best as I can. At least they're not going to have to pay money out of pocket. They know they tried something. Um, I try to leave them in a better place than I found them. Um, and. Uh, you know, there are times I go to sleep and I wonder whether I've really done that or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's just a sign that you're, you're honest with yourself. Um, you know, I think any coach that says that a hundred percent of their clients have a transformative shift is probably lying to themselves or lying to right. others or both. So, um, and I think also to add on to what you said about anybody who asked that question, how can you not charge somebody? They don't know what it's like to be a client. Well, I would add on to that. They also probably don't know what it's like to be a coach in that mm. in those shoes. Because imagine you've put in, um, you've put in the time, and your client is not reaching that stage that you hope that you were hoping they would. How can you then add insult to injury? Uh, here you are in this vulnerable state. Oh, by the way, I'm also going to bill you for all this time that you spent. Um, right. Yeah. So I, I mean, anybody that has kind of any kind of ethics, I think any kind of uh, genuine intention to help others would find it hard, I think, to to charge for that. So, um, yeah, so thanks for being honest about that. I think I think that's another interesting, uh, you know, kind of unintended and, and maybe not so happy side effect of doing this kind of work, which is admittedly rare, but it does happen. So it's important to know yep. beforehand how you are going to handle that. Um, yeah, Mark, I think this was, this was really, really interesting. Um, I, I, like I said, there's so many different areas where your practice is totally unique, which I love. And, um, so thank you so much for, for being on the show. I, I want to give you a chance to tell our listeners where we can find you and you're very generous with, um, with, uh, the inner workings of your practice on your website. So anybody that's cu more curious to learn about about how it is that you do what you do, where can we find you online? Yeah, um, you can go to concentratedcoaching.net. Um, concentrated coaching is all one word. And uh, yeah, so I talk about um, core intention. If people are interested in being able to bring that to their own clients, I do trainings in that periodically. Um, and uh, if people are interested in, well, how is it that you help people create intention statements? Um, <laughs> go set up an exploratory conversation and I'll, I'll send you the, uh, the homework instructions and you can experience it for yourself. Right. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, Mark, thank you again. Um, I think that was great. And I'm so glad to have had you on the show. Um, I wish you the best of luck. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, same to you. This sounds exciting. Good luck with it. Okay. Thanks a lot. Talk soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Coaches Circle Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to our show just as much as we enjoyed making it. If you'd like to check out a complete listing of all of the episodes on our show, head on over to lifecoachpath.com slash podcast. See you on the next one.